back to another inaugural episode of Information Architecture, the state and future of CRM and loyalty marketing. Today is a super special episode for me. Pretty much all the inaugural episodes are special. I still don't believe we're actually doing this. My guest today is Will Hansen. Will's a longtime buddy and friend from high school and one of the four um, original guys who built the Bouldering Projects franchise, E's, that are located in Seattle, Austin, and now most recently here in Minneapolis. Um, I'm drinking some Bauhaus, so is Will. Will, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I asked Will to come on today to share some thoughts on MVP, what makes their brand so strong, and what makes it aligned with sort of their value and promise that they make to their members and guests. But for those of you who don't know what MVP or Minneapolis Bouldering Project you're going to go bouldering is. Um, Will, give us a, sort of a quick rundown. What's the origin story of Bouldering Project? How'd you guys get here? What sort of, you know, what do you guys offer here in the Twin Cities area? Yeah, so the Bouldering Projects are funny because they're kind of a, a niche of a niche, which is that, you know, rock climbing is kind of this, has always been viewed as kind of this like extreme sport that weird people do out in the mountains. And in the last couple of decades, it's actually started to move more indoors Originally, people started training. You know, they wanted to be able to perform better in the mountains, so they created these gyms for their friends to climb in. And then in the last little bit, it's really become a bit of a fitness trend, right? Like, people found out that they could get super fit by climbing. It feels like working out, but you're not working out. Uh, Or, sorry, it feels like you're not working out, but you are working out. And bouldering is an even smaller niche, which is that it's climbing, but there's no ropes. There's no harnesses. It's just free climbing. The walls are like 12 to 16 feet tall. They've got a bunch of padding on the floor. So if you slip or you fall or you get scared and you land on the ground, you're hopefully going to be okay. You're not going to hurt yourself. So bouldering is climbing, but on kind of short walls. It tends to be really kind of powerful. And it, there tends to be a lot of problem solving to it as well. It's, it's a very like mentally challenging sport. Because you have to identify what you need to do, and then you actually have to have the physical capacity to do it. So bouldering is climbing. Uh, With the bouldering projects, we're a little different than other climbing gyms because we're just bouldering. And we also offer a yoga component and a fitness component. And then also just uh, try and create a place that people want to spend time. So we have a, a lounge where people come in and work. We have saunas to encourage people to stick around and hang out and we've got a special youth area specially designed for families and kids so we're really trying to appeal to like a broad base of people and be a bit of a one-stop shop traditionally with climbing gyms you had just the climbing and so if you wanted to have a place to work out or a place to do yoga or a place to do crossfit you had to have separate memberships Um, so with the bouldering projects we tried to take all of instead of having your four memberships to four different health clubs you have your kind of one-stop shop. One thing, and we were talking about this before the podcast, um, There, I was curious what are sort of the brand principles or like the guiding, you know, what is the ethos of the bouldering project? And you were, you were saying you and, you know, the four guys that have put these three gyms together um, have tried to think about that a couple times and have had a hard time putting your finger on it. What we've observed here at, you know, at the agency is that, you know, brands that know their ethos, or at least everyone feels it, and that they design experiences around that are successful, and, and sometimes they don't even know why they're successful, but they're just consistent with a basic promise. Um, what do you guys think that is, even though you told me before the break you, you don't know exactly what it is? 
Yeah, it's tough because I think there's a lot of elements to it. If I had to distill it down to kind of a single approach, it would be that we really just wanted to create spaces that were inclusive. So not appealing just to the core climber, not appealing just to the yogi, not appealing just to the super fit, beautiful court person that looks great in their workout pants, person in the weight room, like really trying to create a space where people feel safe, where they feel like they can experiment with climbing, maybe get into yoga, maybe get into fitness, um, where they can come and work and spend time and feel like they're a part of a community. And I think that's really resonated with people. Bouldering is also a part of an approach to that too, because you don't need to know how to put on a harness. You don't need to know how to tie a knot. You don't need to know how to belay someone. You can literally come in, we can give you a pair of shoes, give you two minutes of instruction and you can start climbing. And so people that were intimidated by the sport, uh, it removes that barrier. And then just realizing that there's a lot of different people out there with a lot of different interests. And if we can bring them in and create a space that they want to spend time, it'll very naturally and kind of authentically like build a community. So just, yeah, this idea of inclusivity and just being accessible to a lot of different people. So how has that sort of brand promise evolved over time or has it not evolved over time? Is that like spirit of inclusivity and kind of, we're going to be your one-stop gym, been the principle from the beginning? It's been the principle, but it's definitely evolved as just like natural our thinking has, and we've evolved as individuals. As when we did start the first gym in Seattle, we were all in our early 20s and really didn't know what we were doing. We still don't know what we're doing, but obviously we've changed and matured, and uh, just so has the country and the fitness industry and climbing industry. And sure. So it's definitely evolved, but... It is funny because when we initially started the Seattle gym, we didn't put a lot of thought into it. It's just like, let's just create a gym that we want to go to. What do we want? Let's add all these elements. And it could have fallen flat on its face, but luckily there was enough people at the time that it resonated with. And we got this incredible grassroots response and it became really popular. And so it kind of just uh, encouraged us to trust our instincts and just do things that we would enjoy and then hope that a lot of other people enjoy it too. But it has been interesting as we've gotten older and moved into different markets that uh, you need to kind of bring in that next guard of people who know what the next new cool, hip, trendy thing is. You know, I think we need to like be very aware that we're not always going to be on the cutting edge. And so we need to listen to people that are going to be on the cutting edge, which is a pretty strange. I don't know if that answers. Well, no, it, it absolutely answers the question. I mean, and it, I mean, that is the theme of all marketing, I mean, by the time you're one of the successful great years of marketing, like, you're irrelevant. Right. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. You know, once, you know, from a loyalty program perspective, I mean, one of the, one of the things that we, you know, tell potential clients about our agency is that we've worked 30 years in the business and some people are like, dude, that's like, you should bring that up. Yeah. 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 That's so um, funny. You've got tons of experience. Oh, So, but we do a podcast, so we're cool. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. How do you guys collect user feedback? And then, you know, definitely I've seen, um, you know, that the feedback from the very early days of the gym already, like, absorbed and, mm-hmm. and recognized by the staff. How do you guys communicate to your staff? Because you obviously have a system, and it may not be perfect, but it's, it's certainly working. How do you guys sort of get the vibe of the new city that you're in? see what's working what's not how you know how much have you changed already based on feedback from Minneapolis yeah so I think one interesting thing that we do is 
it's a little bit different than other fitness studios and other climbing gyms is we build our own facility. So we actually have a construction crew that builds the walls and does a lot of the improvements in the facility. And it gives us a really cool opportunity to bring in when we go to new cities, local people, local builders, people that are really either interested in climbing or uh, just have a real passion for fitness or some element of, of the facility. And we bring them in at actually construction phase so they help build the literal facility. And then when we open, they transition to operations. And it's so cool because they have this sense of buy-in of like, this is something that I created. And they have this sense of like pride and ownership of it that really instills in our staff on like that first base level of like, this place is special. I really care for it. And I'm going to do whatever I can to uh, make sure that it is successful. And then that gets almost passed on generationally with staff. As people leave, you still kind of get this sense of instilled pride where if they notice something, if someone gives them some feedback, if they have an idea, they're very willing to share that and be vocal about it. Uh, So I think that's a, a huge boon for us is that we get to transition these people from construction to operations that have this sense of like pride and ownership and commitment to the facility is huge for us. And then I think just going back to the inclusive thing, just being really open with people and just asking for their feedback, people really appreciate. Uh, obviously, there's like we have the very traditional like leave a comment. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that was going to be your answer. That answer was, I just have to say, frankly, amazing. I had no idea that was the case at MVP. This was not a setup for the show. <laughs> I had I that that's one of the most awesome. That's just awesome. Um, I do have to say that I enjoyed the Instagram posts of the person who complained that you had your clocks wrong. Yeah, yeah. Like savings time. Oh that met, met the love of their life. Yeah. So, I mean, so go check out Minneapolis Bouldering Project's Instagram page. It is Minneapolis Bouldering Project, that giant word, on Instagram. And the comment card was, I'll just read it because it's hysterical. Man, so I forgot my watch. So I was checking the time on your digital uh, clock, and I missed my date because you guys didn't change the daylight savings. And then they wrote, but I ended up meeting a girl here, and I think she's the love of my life, so I'm meeting her next door for a beer, and you guys are next door to a beer, uh, brewery, Pires, is it Pires? Prize. Prize. No. Brewing. And um, uh, so <laughs> the, the Instagram post is, I guess we're sorry. Welcome. It was that was so funny. Um, did you guys ever meet that member? Is that a member? Uh, I don't. It's no, it's totally anonymous. <laughs> we on all our comment cards, we like give the person the option to like write their contact information if they want follow up on like if it was a good or a bad comment or an idea. Uh, this person chose to remain anonymous. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and since we posted it, they have not contacted us. But. <laughs> I would love to meet them. It's a- the design of MDP and Seattle Bouldering Project Austin, which all shares sort of this basic design feel, but then branches out. And if you look at like what MDP did for International Women's Day, or if you look at what they did for some of the holidays um, that we've been through recently, there's just this very fresh, very color-rich um, Austin. Talk to me about, one, what I'm interested in is, as you as sort of the four guys that put together Seattle gym and then did Austin, did here. Is there one of you that cares about design and sort of drove that? Or do all four of you care about design? 
and that was just sort of a shared thing from the beginning. And then how did you guys get alignment on, you know, everything from the logo to sort of the look and feel of like what bouldering projects they're going to put out from a design perspective? Yeah, I mean, it's super interesting to think about just looking back on kind of our <clears throat> evolution as a company and with these facilities in that very early on with Seattle, it was a lot of collaboration when it came to that sort of thing. And I think that was really helpful in initially kind of crafting the ideas. Uh, but then realizing that of the four of us and everybody that contributed, some of us are really bad at it. Myself in particular, like I, when I see something I like, I know that I like it, but I don't know why. And I can't define that. And it's really difficult. Like if I was in charge of the interior design or the architecture or any of those elements of the facility, it would look very different probably to our detriment. Uh, so part of it comes from just like trusting someone of like, you know what you're talking about. You have a great vision for it. I don't get it, but people love it. So do what you're going to do. I trust you. And Minneapolis is really a, a result of that, of just having a really great designer and giving them a lot of trust and giving them some feedback, um, you know, when they have all these different ideas and these different inspirations, but really just... It's the one of the biggest things I've learned over the last couple of years is just trusting someone and just like, you do a really good job at that. I don't get it. Knock it out of the park. And I think Minneapolis is a kind of a success story in that regard of we had this disgusting building that had no character and our architect and our interior designer did an incredible job. So, Will, thanks so much for doing this with me, man. This has been awesome. Uh, this is uh, episode number two of Experience Architecture, the uh, state and future of uh, loyalty and zero marketing. Um, my guest was Will Hansen of Minneapolis Bouldering Project. Um, all of the information for Minneapolis Bouldering Project, how to become a member, how to check it out, um, how to get in contact with Will is linked below. Um, have an awesome day, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Mm -hmm.